0: The relentless pace of the Senate's confirmation of President Trump's judicial nominees slowed briefly during the government shutdown, but it picks back up this week with Republican Senator Lindsey Graham at the helm of the Senate Judiciary Committee, replacing Senator Chuck Grassley. Joining me is Carl Tobias, professor at the University of Richmond School of Law. Carl, explain the process of renominations and why it's necessary.
1: Well, at the end of the Congress, all of those nominations to the judiciary the president made last year expired on january 2 and about 73 people he had nominated then had to be renominated he did last week renominate 50 of them but there are 23 or so he has not chosen to renominate yet and may still do that but that's what just happened and then on the senate judiciary committee website There will be a business meeting, and those nominees, uh, 40 of them, are listed for the first time. Democrats will hold them over for a week. But then the following Tuesday, there will be a vote on all of them, I think, and probably virtually all will uh, go back to the floor where they could be considered for confirmation votes
0: now he dropped at least five nominees that were put forward by barack obama when he was president and a number of appellate and district court nominees from california new york and illinois what's your take on why
1: well it's not at all clear but there may be some payback if you will for democrats in blue states doesn't seem to make a lot of sense and many of those nominees, especially the Obama uh, nominees whom Trump renominated, were people who Republican senators recommended. But I think, for example, in New York, uh, Senators Schumer and Gillibrand worked very hard with the president to have a good slate that everybody could sign off on. So I don't know what they'll do now, but hopefully the district nominees who were not renominated will be renominated and the same as to a number of others. We just don't know yet.
0: So traditionally, the White House negotiates with the home state senators, as you mentioned, Schumer and Gillibrand, to find consensus picks. And then the majority waits for blue slips from those senators. Is that process going on in the Trump administration? And is there any difference with the new White House counsel?
1: I don't think there's any difference. And Senator Graham has said he will follow the same Procedures for blue slips as Senator Grassley did. What Grassley did was create an exception for the appellate court nominees and said if there were adequate White House consultation, then blue slips were not going to be relevant, even if senators uh, withheld them. And so that was very different than the eight years under President Obama. And so that's the major difference, is at the circuit level. And of course, the administration has set records for appointing people to the appellate bench, 30 in the first two years, which has shattered all records for that number.
0: Let's talk a little bit about some of the nominees. The nominee for Justice Brett Kavanaugh's old seat on the D.C. Circuit is Naomi Rao, who works in the White House Budget Office. Why are liberal groups complaining about her nomination?
1: Well, I think that she has what they consider to be fairly controversial writings, mostly when she was an undergraduate or a law student. But some law review articles she wrote as a scholar, I think at George Mason, are considered to be somewhat controversial as well. And so I think that's what they're concerned about. So we'll see what happens with her.
0: Does the minority have any real power here? Because the Senate Republicans have even more of a majority than they had before.
1: Yes, it's now 5347 as opposed to 5149. And on the committee, it's 1210. And so it, the Democrats do not have a whole lot of, of power, though Graham said he would retain uh, blue slip policy for district Nominees. So even if it's a Democratic objection to a nominee in the home state, that person will not go forward, according to Senator Graham. And so that's one piece of leverage that the Democrats do have. And, of course, they can rigorously question people in hearings and have debates on the floor. And so they haven't lost uh, everything. But one big notion that may come up is the uh, notion of, of cloture where you cut off debate if the majority uh, wants to do that, and where the big change could come is the number of post-closure debate hours. Right now, they're talking about a nuclear option, which would lower that time from 30 hours for judicial nominees. For circuit nominees, it would go to eight, and for district nominees, it would go to two, and that would really accelerate confirmations.
0: We've spoken before about the possibility that Trump may be able to flip some of the circuits. With the current batch of nominees, is there a flip in the making?
1: Um, No, but you're correct. There's some strengthening of the number of GOP-appointed nominees if they're confirmed. For example, two more would be confirmed to the Sixth Circuit, which would mean they have a fairly strong majority there if you consider appointing presidents. And then there are two for the Ninth Circuit, which has been the circuit that the president is most concerned about and most often vilifies. There are two nominees out there who could begin to make a change, and there are four more vacancies on that court. But it's interesting, the three California nominees from October were not renominated yet, and there may be negotiations between the senators in California and the White House on those renominations.
0: All right. Carl, a lot to talk about in the future. Thanks so much. That's Carl Tobias, professor at the University of Richmond School of Law.